Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the live, she is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined a right center field. It is a base hit. Rounding third, scoring Connor Balepa. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Okay, welcome everybody. Another episode of the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan Chichester with you. Talking all things Yankee baseball. Talking another Yankee sweep on the podcast. Brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. And again, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to hear us break down every series so twice a week, we'll recap every series. We'll look at the series ahead. But, Sean, right now we're recapping another sweep of the Tigers this time and another dominant performance by the starting rotation, which is starting to look absolutely historic. I mean, we had uh, perfect game bids from two starters this weekend and back-to-back nights. And then we had um, – we had well, the one of them was against the Angels, but – we had Severino, who almost had a no-hit bit of his own if it wasn't for the line drive that Kiner Falefa couldn't handle. So the rotation just continues to look absolutely dominant. Yes, it's the Tigers, but also this pitching staff has been doing it all year. I mean, you know, I go to the game Thursday and see a perfect game go into the eighth inning, and you go to the game Friday, were you thinking, hey, I might see one go almost to the eighth too? I mean, crazy that, that you know, with – Cole able to put up like that right after Tyone. And it really just, those two games to me are the microcosm of, of the entire season where the Yankees on Thursday. And we talked about this last episode, they win a really like a gritty game where they have a big hit late that kind of, and I know this is not very analytical, but that championship DNA shows up and it showed up yesterday in the walk-off game. And then you have a game where they just slug you to death and, uh, um, and, and Cole pitch is great, but you know, and we've been on this that, you know, for me, the highlight of the weekend was just Severino. Um, I, I think that should not have been even ruled a hit that the hit that he gave up to, uh, was that Miggy there that, uh, Trevino couldn't handle, but, um, just absolutely dominant performances for the most part from the Yankee rotation. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad when the, the worst, uh, performance you get is out of, um, is out of Montgomery and he only gives up two runs in uh six and a third. So, um, 
yeah, the, the, the weak link giving up two runs in a start. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, the bats help pick, pick them up on, um, on Sunday, but overall another great series, another sweep back to back episodes where we're, where we're recapping a Yankee sweep. And I know it's the tigers, but you have to be pretty excited about a, a flawless homestand where they win a couple really exciting games, uh, and just pitch tremendously throughout the entire homestand where I think the, the tigers game is the only game where they gave up more than, uh, more, more than one run. Is that correct? I believe you're right. Yeah, they gave up one run in each of the three games uh, against the Angels, and then back to back shutouts. Back to back shutouts, and then yesterday, which, like you said about Montgomery, turns in the quote unquote worst start of the series for the Yankees, and it was what two two runs allowed, uh, lowered his season ERA to a rotation worst three point oh two. So Montgomery's really slacking. But then, then a good. This was a good um, nugget from Eric Boland over at Newsday, a former friend of the podcast. But Montgomery's now allowed three runs or fewer in each of his eleven starts this season, and uh, he's also allowed three runs or fewer in thirty-five of his forty-one starts since the beginning of last season. So he continues to be extremely efficient coming back from Tommy John surgery, and this this all kind of started with his huge start to keep the season alive in the 2020 ALDS. I mean, he's been absolute money since then coming back from TJ and you know, looking like the promising rookie he was in, in 2017. So this rotation doesn't have any weak spots. Uh, like you mentioned with uh, the line drive with Severino from Connor Falefa, it was it wasn't off the end of the bat, but when it came off the bat, it definitely had some weird spin on it, and it looked like Connor Falefa kind of came in a little too soon, and then all of a sudden the ball was at you know above above his head, so he had to reach up and try to stab at it, and it went off his glove. But I agree, I don't think that should have been ruled a hit. I mean, it was it was hit off his glove, and he clearly misjudged it. And again, like we mentioned last week, Connor Falefa's. Defense has obviously been a dramatic improvement over Torres at that shortstop from last year, but it's not really the uh, it's not at the level that many of us thought it would be when the Yankees made the trade for a glove first shortstop. But what are you going to do? And can't have a perfect game bid every game, I guess. Yeah, no, of course. And I mean, that was that was the only one of two base runners the the Yankees gave up the entire game. Severino goes seven innings, one hit, which again is, you know, it, it might not, it might not have been uh, the cleanest hit in the world, but whatever. One walk and ten strikeouts, and that lowered his season ERA to two nine five. Which, I mean, that is just for me, like just chef's kiss, perfect. You get Sevy on the hill going seven strong, ten Ks, and bringing that ERA down below three. I mean, when we when we we're getting excited about Severino coming back. I don't even think in our wildest dreams, we thought it was going to look like this. He looks like the pitcher he looked like in the second half of 2017 and the first half of 2018, where he's uh, got a pitching with a lot of confidence. He's got that fastball with nice, nice giddy up on it. And he he's pitching really well. And I'm, I'm really, really excited uh, if he could stay healthy to see what he does. Um, for the entire season and just another starter that the Yankees have that can contend for, for a place on the all-star team. I mean, they might as well just send them all there. And I thought another big thing on Saturday, uh, Holmes looked good in the ninth inning 
which was big for me after he had kind of the rough out. Well, not kind of, it was a rough outing on Thursday where he uh, walked a guy and hit two batters, but he, uh, you know, he, he struck out one, uh, no, no walks in, in the ninth inning, no hits in the ninth inning. And, and the Yankees, uh, Yankees went home with a, with a three, nothing win on Saturday, which was, uh, you know, a, a tense game. It was, you know, one, nothing into the sixth inning. And then, uh, the Yankees tacked on in the sixth and the eighth to add two more runs, but they gave up one hit and one walk the entire game. So, uh, you'll, you'll take that. <laughs> yeah. And like you said about Holmes, so, you know, when someone comes out of nowhere like this to become as dominant in Holmes as, as Holmes has been not allowing an earned run since opening day, which was, I think that came off like two infield singles or two weak singles or something like that against the, against the Red Sox. But when someone's so dominant like that, you're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop in a sense and like a crash back down to earth. We kind of saw it with Michael King, but honestly for Holmes, the numbers have been there since he came over in the trade last year. He was phenomenal last year too. So I'm starting to believe that not only is Holmes for real, but this is sustainable over you know, both multiple seasons. So I'm feeling good about Holmes. Obviously and King had a clean inning too um, on Saturday. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, hopefully King's working his way back to form, but you, you have to feel good about, about the pitching staff and you have to feel good about the bullpen because of the starting pitching. I think it was, I think it was Lindsay Adler who noted it on Twitter during one of these games and how the Yankees have been, the Yankees have been getting such good length out of out of their starters. They've actually Yankee starters have actually gone at least six innings in fourteen of their last fifteen starts. Well, they they they're the years. sorry. The Athletic had a great article about how they made a commitment to that, um, and, and wanting to go deeper with these bullpen injuries. So, just yeah. I apologize for speaking over you there. No, no, that's okay. I, th- I think the one that didn't was was Sears when he did, when he had the fill in start, if I'm not, not mistaken. So the Yankees regular rotation has been going at least six or more innings. And uh, as I was saying, like Lindsay noted, that's huge because you think back to a season like 2019, when the Yankees strong bullpen was absolutely gassed by the playoffs, because I mean, who were they getting any length from outside of maybe Tanaka during, during that time when they were trying to survive that ALCS against the Astros. I mean, everybody in the bullpen was, was gas. So now in the way the starting pitching is going right now, it's looking really good, not just right now, but this can be super helpful down the stretch of a regular season. And, and obviously in October. Yeah, I, I, you know, absolutely. And I think it's, it's giving also time for guys to kind of refine themselves. Like one of the, like, you know, King pitched a clean inning on Saturday and, um, you know, in the 10th inning yesterday, he comes in and strikes out the side, which with that, you know, auto runner is huge. He, he prevents the runner from scoring. And then the Yankees went on Sunday on a walk off from Donaldson sack fly. And that's that's with King pitching a huge inning. So it, it gives these guys time to to kind of refine themselves in and and, you know, pitch pitch better out of the bullpen. So it helps you establish trust in some of these guys as well. So. You know, the starters are are definitely doing more than their fair share. And I don't think, you know, it's not it's not a matter of Boone doesn't have a bullpen that he trusts. So he's overusing the starters. I think they're all sticking to pretty good, pretty good, uh, you know, pitch counts and everything like that. They're faring OK the third time through the order. And, um, you know, that it's I mean, they're, they're giving up so few base runners. Sometimes they're not even going the third time through the order after six innings. But um you know, they're, they're, they're pitching really well. And I think that's been, that's been huge um, down the stretch here. 
Yeah, the pitch counts aren't even getting that high because the Yankees aren't really walking anybody. I mean, they have a 5.0 strike to walk ratio, which is absurd. Obviously, a huge part of that is Tyone because his control has been otherworldly this season. But when you don't walk people and you don't put on base runners, the pitch count stays low. And the Yankees rotation, you there's not enough superlatives you can say about them. I mean, their last full turn through the rotation from Montgomery back to the last time he pitched – 35 and a third innings, 15 hits, three runs, 36 strikeouts, and four walks. They win a lot of games, and they have. I mean, it's just been been tremendous with the six-game winning streak. And, you know, I, I think we should mention first game of the series, you were there. One guy that comes out of the bullpen, well, the only guy that came out of the bullpen on Friday night was a great story. And Banuelos coming out, uh, pitching two innings. He gave up one hit, but that was just like a little dribbler. Uh, down the line and uh, you know, he got, he got the strikeout uh, to end it. I think it was to end the eighth inning, which was, yeah, was a, little awesome. out, a little outside, but that, that ump zone was moving around. Yeah. I know you probably <laughs> couldn't see it. I, well, you, you had such good seats. You probably could see better than the umpire, but um, yeah, no, I mean the, the zone was moving around all night, but um, yeah, I was super happy for, for Ben Wellos. That was, that's what makes baseball awesome. You kind of have these, these stories that you follow for years and then sometimes they have a payoff at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cole, who took a perfect game almost into the eighth inning, said that Banuelos was the coolest part of the night. And I would have to agree. I mean, that was an appearance at what, a decade in the making. And in 2012, he was a hyped member of that Killer Bees trio with uh, Brackman and Batances. And Batances was the one who panned out, became one of the best relievers in baseball. But injuries set Banuelos back. And he not even just with his Yankee career. I mean, he had, what, a few appearances in 2015, didn't pitch again in the majors until 2019 with the White Sox, I think. Another couple appearances, and then he was gone. And now here he is back where where he started, where he was a super hype prospect ever since they had signed him back in 2008. So that's that's a really cool story. I love that he said he kept the ball from his first pitch at Yankee Stadium and that he said he's going to put it on a shelf between two other baseballs that he has from 2012 from Yankee spring training, one of them signed by Jeter and one of them signed by Mo. So that's, that's pretty cool to have that keepsake right next to keepsakes from your previous time with the Yankees when obviously he was thought of to be one of the next big Yankee arms and it didn't pan out that way, but that's just a cool way to realize that even though it didn't work out the way many people hoped, especially him, that he was still able to get here. The hell of a shelf, but yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I, who knows? I mean, he looked good. Maybe, maybe he could become a contributor here. Be, you know, be be a, a middle reliever. There, there's opportunity now with with Chapman and Loisica still on the shelf. So you never know. Like sometimes baseball's funny like that. He he could become a key contributor. But um, you know, switching over to looking at the offense for this series, um, the game you went to Friday night, obviously just a, an absolute bludgeoning. Um, I don't know what that starter did, but he he was left in for quite a long time. And he apparently, and and John Boy did a great job of breaking down. He was tipping his pitches, uh, looking at third base for an extended period of time before he would throw his fastball. And you can see the Yankees definitely picked up on that. Um, although Matt Carpenter did have a single, uh, apparently there was a very good reason for that. And that was to get, get the starter into the stretch where he would tip his pitches, but then he went back to just hitting home runs, which was, you know, which is what Matt Carpenter almost exclusively does. 
um, which, which was awesome. And then, um, you know, you had the home run from judge and Rizzo both on Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, um, you know, Donaldson has a big sack fly. Hopefully that kind of gets him going, feeling comfortable now that he's back. Um, and just kind of like a really scrappy offensive performance on, on Sunday. I mean, the, the double steal from Rizzo and then scoring. I mean, I didn't know he could move that fast scoring on that, that ground ball. That was awesome. And that's like, kind of like some of this fun stuff with this team where it's just like, Hey, you're like, yeah, they they can have a game where they hit three home runs in a game or, you know, hit, hit two home runs and then and manufacture another one like that. That's obviously going to win you a ton of ball games, but then they can win these kind of dirty games too. And that, that gets you really excited because they're winning in lots of different ways. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fun to watch. The Yankees are stealing more bases this year. They're playing better defense. The rotation is giving you more length. And obviously that always keeps you in games. So there have been a lot of exciting games and it's been a fun team to watch. And you mentioned the offense and Rizzo specifically. He was one of the guys to go deep on Friday when Elvin Rodriguez was tipping his pitches. And yeah, again, shout out to John Boy because that was an awesome video that really highlighted how how much the Yankees were paying attention to pick up those signs. I think it was Brian, Brian Hoke retweeted that video too. And it said that he had talked to Boone and he was, Boone was saying how the Yankees have not only made it a point, but have been really, really good at picking up on some pitchers tendencies to get a sense of what pitch might be coming. And hopefully that's been helping the offense. But anyway, back, back to Rizzo and his home run. He, he's, he's got a season OPS back up to 800. Now when we were talking last episode how he had such a brutal month of may after a red hot april but he had come along in his last in his first couple games of june and hopefully that wasn't going to get him going and now here he is with his ops back up to 800 and the yankees top six hitters now have an ops of at least 730 which might not sound incredibly high but the league average a couple years ago was 740 and you have to assume that's gone down with how oh, yeah. the new baseball and how offenses have gone down across the board, but top six hitters above league average and OPS and three of them at 800 or more. That's now that stands back. That's, that's a good place to be. The Yankees have the second highest OPS of any team in the league. I think the Dodgers are the only team that are ahead of them. And like, like I just said, they're, they're doing it multiple ways. They're also in the bottom half of the league in, in strikeout rate. So they're, they're getting it done. And, and look, you know, this is what Gallo did yesterday is why you have Gallo. I He's been terrible, but if he doesn't hit that home run, we're not talking about a series sweep. He, he, you know, he has the ability to go deep and do that. And the more guys you have that can wreck a game, the better. And they mix that in with guys, you know, like IKF, like DJ LeMahieu. And you have a recipe for a really good team because you have guys that are getting on base. You have somebody on base for Gallo to hit a home run and that, that ties the ball game. So uh, it to me the offense right now is just looks like the perfect blend of 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 everything that you want all the ingredients for success and uh, you know also big home run by Gallo yesterday so I just wanted to make sure we call that out because we've been super and and fairly very critical of of him. 
Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's sometimes like it's our friend Sweeney says three home run, three run home runs when you when you ball games, and that's sometimes exactly two run homer. Yeah, but that's exactly what Gallo can do at at points. And like you mentioned, the criticism has been fair, and I still think Gallo needs to do way more production in between these two or three run home runs that sometimes prove to be the the difference in the game as he's still been pretty, pretty dreadful this season, but over to the face of the Yankee offense. And again, this is the bomber brothers. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you rate review and subscribe, but to the face of the offense and the face of the Yankee lineup. And that's Aaron judge, big home run, four hits on his bobblehead night. He uh, now has a league leading 21 home runs on the season. He is on pace to surpass Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle's uh, home run totals in 1961. And obviously that means if he's on pace to pass Maris, he's on pace to set a hallowed Yankee franchise record. And that's Maris's 61 home runs in 61. So I guess, Sean, I thought we'd take a couple minutes to ponder. Can, can he do it? Can he catch... Maris could he catch perhaps even Sosa at 66 home runs I mean why not like the the weather's warming up the ball's starting to fly out of the ballpark a little bit more I I was looking at the chart for the the home run rate and by hard hit balls and it all of a sudden has spiked so I don't know what baseball's doing if they're like hey we're gonna get some more (laughs) some more fans of the state hey judges big home runs let's juice these balls and get a home run chase going so, hey, I, I mean, look, if he stays healthy, yeah, that's that's 100% on the table because he's been, for now two years, a super consistent performer. Um, and, you know, the, the way he's hit, you know, he's hitting for even more power this year. I think that's on the table. And in his walk year, good for him. Of course, he's going to he's gonna be uh, trying to get out there every day and put up the numbers. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's 100% in play, especially here as we get into the, uh, as we get into the warmer weather. Um, I think the only thing that might, um, kind of suppress that is that there are some, you know, scheduled double headers, um, because of the makeups for the first week of the season. So he might not get as many, he might have to take a couple extra games off with those double headers in here. But, um, I mean, they, you know, he played, he played both ends of the double header on on thursday night so they'll they'll find ways to keep his bat in the lineup um but i hope they don't do that at, you know sacrificing his health but yeah man he's uh he's pacing the offense he's been awesome i think i think he's got a shot at 61 for sure and that's that's that, for me that's really exciting i mean i know the number doesn't mean what it used to mean because of what happened with bonds and mcguire and sosa but you know even as a yankee fan that that that's a club record and that's a hallowed number and uh, that, you know, that that should be reason enough to get out to the ballpark and see if you can you can watch him this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it still means a lot to me. I mean, that, that would be incredibly exciting. And what Yankee has ever even come that close aside from maybe, you know, A-Rod in his MVP years. You think of even Judge in his insane 2017 season, he still was nine home runs short of tying it. And that's not that's not a small number. That's about almost what a month's worth of home runs in, in some cases. So it's, it's going to be a really exciting summer to see if he can keep this up. He has a home run percentage of 9.5 this season. That's just under Sammy Sosa's in 98. So, you know, he's on a pace for somewhere in between that 61 from Maris and 66 from, 
from Sosa. He had a 7.7 home run rate in 2017. Showed, so it shows you just how incredible he's been. He has a 206 OPS plus and about the same in WRC plus. So he's been more than double a league average player, which is just unreal. But getting getting back to his uh, his home run pace, I was just toying around with some numbers last night. So he had, so let's say he logs, you know, played appearances similar to last season where he was rested on some days, especially early in the year because he had that general lower body soreness that everyone was scared was going to turn into an injury that would have him miss extended time. But turns out it was just Boone being a little proactive and it actually helped keep Judge on the field for the full year. So 633 played appearances last year. He has 221 so far this year. So subtract the difference, 412 played appearances left. If even if he cooled off a little and dropped down to his home run rate from 2017, he would hit about 55 home runs. But if he stayed on this pace, he'd be really close to about 60. But if you if he logs the plate appearances he did in 2017, where he was healthy the whole year, he'd have about 45 more plate appearances than if we used a hypothetical from last season. And then at his current home run rate, he'd hit 64 home runs. So basically, if he plays a full season and maintains this current home run rate, he would be the Yankees' new home run champ. And if anyone's wondering, wanting to take it even a step further with Bonds, he had an 11% home run rate for that whole season, which is just absolutely stupid. So that one's definitely further off. But like you said, I mean, now we're getting into summer where the ball might be traveling a little better. So who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, throw those juice balls in, in the Yankee games and get them flying. The, the starters' ERAs could take a little bit of a hit, <laughs> or you know, just use them when the Yankees are on offense. Who cares? They play in a little league ballpark anyway. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's hey, like it, it, it's I, I like that it's going to be close. It gives us something something to get excited for every game and see. You know, his at bats are have always been must watch TV, always, and and now more than ever. And uh, he's, he's got a, a really good supporting cast. I, I, you know, I think I, I think really having um, Rizzo in the lineup has helped him because you you can't just bring in that righty without thinking about it because you know you 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 have Rizzo there um, to protect him a little bit. And also the way John Carlos Stanton has played last year and then early this year has helped as well. Uh, he's got more protection and he's got more guys in the lineup where he can take those days off to stay healthy and stay on the field. Um, and the Yankees still are putting out a, a lineup that can absolutely win you a ball game. So, and, and they've done a lot of that. So that's been huge. Absolutely. Uh, going one spot over into the outfield before I break down some more stuff about the pitching that I wanted to talk to you about, but Miguel Andujar was sent down the other day and reportedly According to Hector Gomez and then Ken Rosenthal confirmed it. He apparently told Boone during that conversation of him getting sent down that he wants to be traded. And we were talking about Gallo earlier. He's, you know, Gallo and Hicks have negative wars so far this season. I mean, maybe Gallo's home run yesterday put him out of the red. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but Andujar was actually looking. Oh, I mean, he was serviceable in the outfield. We talked about this last episode, his, uh, his barrel numbers were looking even better than 2018. He was hitting the ball hard, but now he's back down in, in AAA. What is this, the third time he's been down there already this season? I mean, he's just been on a revolving door ever since getting hurt in 2019. So I honestly 
can't blame him for wanting to be traded. What, I mean, what else is, what is he really doing here right now? He doesn't seem to have a place on this team, even with a couple outfielders really, really struggling. So I mean, Sean, what do you, what do you think is the future for Andujar? Have we seen him in pinstripes for the last time and in those short pants? <sighs> the pants are sick. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, I think this is it. I mean, I've been thinking about it cause I really want to make it work. I just don't see how it does because you can't, you can't be playing judge in center field every single game. Like he's going to wear down if you do that. So you need Hicks around to play center. Unfortunately, they're, I think they're locked into Gallo. I think, I think Cashman for all the, all the good he did this year, he, the, the Gallo move was bad and he wants to let it play out and see if, you know, if Gallo has a hot two months in the middle of the season, it's going to look like the deal was okay. So I think he wants to hold on to Gallo and that, that leaves Andohar as the, the, the fourth or fifth outfielder, I guess, if you count Stanton as an outfielder. So there's just really not, not a spot for him on the team, especially, you know, you have Carpenter as, as your DH against right-handed pitching now, and that's, that's been working out. Um, so it, it, it's, it's a hard fit um, for Andujar. And I don't think he's out of line in asking for a trade. I think he's done, uh, he learned an entire new position for the Yankees. He's hit for the Yankees. He deserves a chance somewhere, and I hope Cashman can spin him around and, and turn him. You know, look like Cashman does. Get go get a great bullpen arm for Andujar. I think that's a fair fair ask, right? If you not you know not somebody maybe so established, but get get an arm you think can perform in the bullpen. And it, it, it's unfortunately, I want it to work out with the Yankees, but I just don't see a realistic route for it working out without a major injury happening. And you know, obviously, you don't want that to happen. So I think it's, it's, it's unfortunately time to move on. And I think he's well within his right to ask that because he's been a great soldier and um, he's not a minor league baseball player. He's, he's, he's a major league baseball player and, and he deserves a shot somewhere. Absolutely. He'll be a steady bat in many other lineups around the league, especially with how he's looked a little bit better this season. He was struggling in 2020 after his injury, but now some, couple years removed from that it seems like he's back it sucks that this is the way it looks like it's going to play out especially after his 2018 I mean he hit 27 home runs that season and even alongside he was being talked about right alongside Torres like oh wow this could be another big up-and-coming Yankee infielder and like you mentioned he learned another position I think you can make the argument he would have had to do that for a lot of other teams too because he was very bad at third base but I, I gave him credit for becoming a serviceable outfielder and seemed like he was performing well. I personally would prefer to see him in the outfield right now over guys like Hicks and Gallo just because of how poorly they've been playing. But like you said, can't have Judge in center field every day, even though he has been really, really good out there. You you need him in the lineup. You need to preserve his his health and his strength. So that seems to be the end of the Andujar tenure. Uh, but Sean, I wanted to move over to the starting rotation again, because I just want to throw some of these numbers at you and ask you the question, can the Yankees become one of the best starting pitchers, starting rotations in baseball history? So here are some collective total ERAs from some of the best who I think were some of the best rotations ever. So 71 Baltimore Orioles, obviously known for their 420 game winners. And yes, wins aren't everything, but that rotation still had a 2.99 collective ERA. 1988 Mets with Gooden, Cone, Ron Darling, 
2.91 ERA with a 1.15 whip and a strikeout to walk ratio of 272. So obviously those are some dominant numbers and dominant arms. The Yankees right now compared to that 291 ERA have a 255 ERA, a 0.6 whip and a 5 strikeout to walk ratio. So they're better in every category, almost double better in strike to strikeout to walk ratio. And then I picked the 1998 Braves cuz you know Maddox, Glavin and Smoltz and then they threw in uh, Denny Nagel and Kevin Millwood, who, you know, those, the Kevin Millwood ERA wasn't great. It was just over four, but together they had a three, two, five ERA and a one, two, two whip. The Yankees are better than all of them right now. And the Yankees were also, the Yankees also have a better collective ERA than the 2011 Phillies with Halliday, Lee, Hamels, and Oswalt. So, I mean, two, five, five ERA, that's what, almost a half a run better than, the best numbers on this list in the Orioles and Mets. So even if the Yankees get a little worse as the season goes on, I think they can have a chance to be the best starting rotation of all time. Maybe one of them. I think they have a chance. I got to be fair though. I don't think it's going to happen because like we're getting into the harder part of like, they haven't played through this, that part of the season where the offenses are really clicking, right? Like the first two months of the season, offense is usually a little bit down. We haven't really sustained an injury yet to the rotation, which, you know, it's, it's baseball. It's going to happen. You're going to have a starter that have, have to miss a few turns through at, at least one starter, maybe two, maybe three, who knows? So, you know, th- they've kept everybody healthy. They've played through the first two months of the season. The same reason I'm saying that I think judge really is going to have a chance the, you know, the, the, the offenses are going to pick up a little bit in the, in the summer months, you would think, um, you know, so yeah, there's going to be a regression. I think they'll probably finish around three. Um, so they'll be in that range. Can they do it? Yeah. Do I think they're going to do it? Probably going to come up a little bit, I guess, not short, but high over the the all time record. That That's, that's my prediction. I'm going to, I'm going to say three, 3.0 on the nose. What's what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I would say, I would say that's fair. I was going to say something like 3.08, 3.09 or something, which even right now with how the staff is, is looking, I would take that in a second because if the Yankees with the offense they have, and if that's the rotation ERA they finish with, I don't see how the Yankees don't finish with the best record in baseball because that is still an unbelievable number, especially when you think about, I mean, where Tyone was off season surgery, Severino, coming off Tommy John's surgery, hasn't pitched a full season since 2018. Cortez coming out of nowhere. I mean, just so many improbable stories from this rotation that I would take that in a second. And uh, the rotation continues with Tyone tomorrow, as we record on a Monday. He takes game one against the Twins. And then Nestor in game two against Chris Archer. So Sean, just real quick, what are you uh, what are you seeing for this upcoming series in in Minnesota? Three games set with with the Twins after an off day on Monday. I'm I'm seeing the Yankees with a, um, another opportunity to 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 sweep. I don't I don't I'm not saying that's going to happen, but they're going to have the pitching advantage in every game. Um, they've been playing tremendous baseball. The Twins are scuffling a little bit. You know, they're four and six in their last ten. And you know what? For all the crap that the people talk about, the Yankees haven't beaten good teams. The Yankees are ten and six against teams that are over five hundred. The only the only other team that has a winning record against uh, teams greater than five hundred are the Rays. The Twins are six and nine against teams over five hundred. The Central's overrated. They 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 get their record by beating up on each other. So I look. 
Yankees have always handled the twins. Well, the Yankees are going to have the pitching advantage in every game. And you have your top three starters in, in, you know, Cole's pitching on Thursday. And then you have um, Nestor and, and Tyone going. I feel super confident in every game. I mean, there's no reason the Yankees aren't going to take two out of three here. Possible sweep. Uh, I feel really good about, um, I feel really good about this series. And I feel really good about the Yankees' ability to play well against uh, teams that are over 500, especially a team coming out of the Central and the Twins, who the Yankees have beat up. I'm really excited to see Sanchez and Urshela, and and that that's kind of what I'm where where I am with this this series. Yeah, this is a Twins team that actually lost a couple times to the Tigers last week. A team the Yankees just just swept out of the Bronx, but. Like the Yankees have their three best pitchers lined up for this series. You have you have Tyone in game one, Cortez in game two. He's going up against Chris Archer, who's actually hasn't been terrible this season, but he uh, he allowed 22 hits in 19 innings in May, and then in his last start, which was against Detroit, just one run over five innings. So that's that's not bad. And then Cole goes up against Dylan Bundy, who's just been all over the place this season. I mean, one earned run in his first three starts of the season, then 15 in the next two. Then in his last two, it's been 10. He gave up five earned runs and two and a third in his most recent start, and that was against a powerful Blue Jays lineup. And the Yankees have similar pop in their lineup, so I don't see any reason why they can't get a nice comfortable lead for Cole and let him coast the rest of the way. But like you said, I'm I'm excited to see how Urshela and Sanchez fare against their their former team. They're, you know, those are guys that are – that are missed over here. Obviously Trevino has been such a fun story. So you haven't really thought about Sanchez much, but, and, and, and because of how good the catching defense has been, which is a huge improvement over Sanchez, you have to say, but Urshela was a super fun player who I miss watching. So it'll be fun to see them uh, back in action. I haven't really gotten a chance to watch much of the twins this season. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see them too. Yeah, it, it'll be a fun series. The Twins have a lot of good players. I, you know, I don't mean to disparage them. They're, they're they are a good team, but I think the Yankees are a better team, and that the the rotation is lined up good for this series. So um, we'll see. I think as far as the belt goes, the championship belt. Last series, I'm going to give it to Rizzo. Man, he blew open the game in Game One, hit a home run in Game Two, and then his base running, getting hit by the pitch, and and then stealing two bases, and then scoring. To, to me that that he he did a little something to help win every game last series so I'm going to give it to him this series I'm looking at I think John Carlo uh is gonna you know he's back he's gonna find his groove he's gonna come up big I'm, I'm picking Stanton for the belt against the Twinkies here all right I think I think that's a good pick for mine I'm going to go with I'm gonna stick with the rotation and go with Nestor I think he does something something special this series and dominates the twins they haven't seen him yet this season so i think that'll be that'll be fun to watch probably get some some strikeouts at the expense of sanchez or somebody else in that lineup we'll see but again should be another good series for the yankees expecting another series win and expecting to uh be back here on friday talking about another series victory but to everyone listening to this episode thank you so much make sure you rate review and subscribe again episodes twice a week and we will talk to you after this series see you later everybody let's go yanks